Yeah, sure. So I'm Brent Maxwell. I'm one of the co-founders at Style Arcade, uh, a B2B SaaS business focusing on fashion retail uh, based yeah. in Australia. Why did you decide to focus in fashion retail? It was absolutely not my idea at all. Uh, <laughs> my co-founder was a friend of mine and she approached me. Her name is Michaela. Uh, she's our CEO and she mm -hmm. approached me. Um, I, I'm a technical guy and yeah. uh, she, she came to me just describing her business problems, which were hilarious to me as a technologist okay. uh, and asked me, hey, do you know how to build software? Mm -hmm. um, and so, yeah, so she, the, the, it was all, all based on her idea and we just came together and worked super well together um, mm -hmm. on the side of our day jobs, chipping away for a good few years mm -hmm. um, until she went full time. Um, and then I, I sort of kept supporting the business and then we kept growing it. And then I went full time and mm -hmm. here we are. So what was the business problem that Michaela experienced and that you could bring uh, technological solutions to? It was hilarious for me. So as I said, I'm a tech. So whenever I hear about people doing things manually mm -hmm. or with paper, I'm always yeah. kind of cringe. Yeah. And in her case, she was she came from South Africa originally. Okay. It turns out they're quite a bit more sophisticated with the way they mm -hmm. manage uh, fashion retail there than, than in Australia. And so she just told me the story over dinner one night mm -hmm. that in her job, she was uh, working as a merchandise planner. Merchandise planner is someone in fashion retail that figures out how to allocate their budget across different product categories okay. like dresses or mm -hmm. um, shoes. Okay. And every Monday they'd all turn up to their trade meetings where they discuss, you know, what's how things are selling and where they should invest and where they should put things on sale. Um, and they'd all turn up with printed out reams of paper. And mm -hmm. so all of these people would go in and they didn't even have imagery. They just kind of memorized the codes of the different products. And they'd make all these trade decisions based on paper and the more sophisticated ones would use spreadsheets, um, but it was really bad. And so her, her idea was basically that we should just build some software that captures all of this data and provides guidance to them on how their products are performing and how they can make better decisions so that they can make more revenue. And so that when people come to their stores, they're not always running out of the medium size um, so yeah, yeah that's the, the short version. I've got like a really innocent question. Um, how is it, how, how do you compliment Michaela? Obviously, um, Michaela is a female co-founder, props, props to that, or a female founder, one could say. Um, it's, it's kind of hard in, or, or man-dominated landscape. How is it to work with a superwoman like Michaela? Uh, inspiring. I mean, as I kind of mentioned earlier, she she was the one that that had the guts to to go full time. I mean, you know, the, the whole business exists because of, because of, of her. Um, yeah. She she just had the inspiration as well as mm -hmm. the motivation. And so for me, um, you know, I, I was following her lead very much with uh, with with setting up the business. Um, mm -hmm. And I think the way that the way that we kind of um, have evolved our working relationship, I, I think, is that she's she's tended to to be kind of the the engine, and and I kind of like like you know have have one hand on the steering wheel, I guess, because mm -hmm. um, you know I'm I'm a, kind of strong in execution, 
Okay. So, you know, I, I've, I, you know, I've focused up very much on, um, you know, setting up systems and processes and, um, you know, providing guardrails for how we can build the startup really quickly and effectively, mm -hmm. um, you know, based largely on her insights about what we actually should build and why. Mm -hmm. So she's kind of, she's kind of the, the why um, and the what, and I'm kind of the, the how, I guess. Okay. And how do you complement, say, Tristan, that seems to be like the, the co-CTO? Yeah, Tristan is our uh, resident genius. Um, okay. And uh, he, he has a much deeper grasp of retail logic than I okay. do. So okay. he, he has a, a very good feel for that. Um, and he's, he's, he's you know, my, uh, we've both worked as, as architects, like technology mm. architects. Um, but I think just the way that he's an actual software engineer. And even though I'm a tech by background um, and I've managed engineering teams for, for you know, many, many years, uh, he's, he's an actual software engineer. So he came on as our third co-founder and he actually built the latest incarnation of our product. Mm. Um, and prior to that, we were running on an older technology stack that I, I had sort of cobbled together with another engineer. Um, and okay. so Tristan is, um, he, he has a lot of ideas around um, the intellectual property that we have. Mm -hmm. um, we've got a very progressive technology stack. We run okay. all serverless okay. um, and we don't actually have a database, which is pretty mm -hmm. unusual for a, a, a data and analytics product. Um, okay. And that's a, a lot of the architecture has come um, and low level details about that has come from, from, from him. Yeah, indeed. Okay, I understand. Uh, let's shift gears a little bit here. Um, retail, fashion, COVID rings to my head that it, it was kind of tumultuous um, in the past two years. Um, am I right in thinking that, well, I mean, most business got like roller coaster um, style of up and downs, but you guys must have been a pretty lived a pretty um, a pretty deep um, down period. Am, am I right in saying that? And how did you pivot it? And how did you react to this pandemic? I actually can't tell you how well things went through the pandemic. We are really? so grateful. So when it first hit back in March last year, it was mm -hmm. terrifying because you know, we, we, we help our, our product up until that point was mm -hmm. um, what was sort of fashion analytics. And okay. we had full insight as to how our customers were impacted by the pandemic. And we've got a mm -hmm. mixture of online only as well as bricks and mortar retailers mm -hmm. um, in, our, in our customer base. Um, mm -hmm. And of course, the bricks and mortar ones got smashed pretty badly. But what we found was things turned around pretty quickly for them. And anyone that had active wear in their portfolio mm -hmm. was doing fine. One okay. of our customers that was purely active wear, they had a 400% increase in revenue over the three months post lockdown in COVID okay. from, from March, March okay. to like end of June. Mm -hmm. So um, initially we cut our prices really aggressively. We, okay. a, lot of the, a lot of our vendors cut their prices and mm -hmm. we cut our prices. And that just meant that I think we build a lot of trust with customers to stay with us through that period. A couple of mm -hmm. our customers the first week went into receivership and that was just terrifying as well because mm -hmm. we, we're thinking, oh God, everything's falling apart. Yeah. Luckily, the, um, w between, between the quick rebound in um, activewear um, that just propped up so many of the, the, the retailers, 
as well as the Australian government providing some um, small business um, subsubsidies. Mm -hmm. um, that, that, that saw us right through the, the, the critical phase. And by August, we were back to um, above baseline again. So wow. it was a pretty, pretty traumatizing like few months, but, but, <laughs> but it, you know, given the fact that there was a massive global pandemic, um, we just consider ourselves so fortunate to have got through it. But yeah, yeah I definitely think that um, a big part of retaining our customer base was slashing prices straight away, just trying mm -hmm. to help every, every, I feel like the whole global business community helped each other out. Um, mm -hmm. Slack, Intercom, Google, Microsoft, Amazon, all of our vendors really came to the party. Um, so <laughs> yeah, it's good to be part of the network. <laughs> Interesting. And as I'm looking at the website, like I do understand that you guys you guys do fashion analytics, but could you explain it to me? Like I'm five, say I'm Shane, right? Like Shane, the the brand, yeah. the the retail <laughs> brand. Like what would you do for for me as as Shane? Yeah. So I kind of mentioned this before, but um, last year uh, initially our product was focused on fashion analytics. Um, mm -hmm but we kind of managed to make use of the pandemic. It aligned pretty well with some pretty intense um, product development that we did um, for a new product, which is called our, our range plan. So if I was to tell Shane what we did, I would say that um, we offer two products. Our fashion analytics product helps you understand exactly how your products are performing at a glance. We provide guidance in the app quickly and easily so that you can see um, how your products are um, not selling across all of your categories or across any other dimension that you're looking for. Mm -hmm. um, we help you figure out profitability at, the at a glance. We help you figure out what you need to, how your sizing is, is going. We help mm -hmm. you figure out how your, um, uh, what, what you need to put on sale. Um, sure. And you can collaborate with your whole team and get mm -hmm. everybody in the business on the same page about how your assortment's working. Um, and it just, there's a really, it's pretty easy to, to sort of demonstrate an ROI when yeah. everyone can see how things are going. You can just make the best decisions. Mm -hmm. um, and then our other product, the range plan, lets people take their knowledge about how things are performing and actually plan ahead and place deliveries, intended deliveries into the future, compare them against the budget, and then map out exactly how uh, they they want their product um, investments to to get um, distributed over time. Got it. So we kind of provide a whole um, like end to end um, package for figuring out you know just how your products are performing and how to optimize their performance into the future. Okay, got it. All right. So I'm checking on the website again here, and yeah, it's it's pretty clear that. Uh, you guys could bring some kind of ROI. I was curious as per the pricing. So how much do you charge? Is it like SaaS model on a monthly basis? Yeah, that's exactly right. So we charge an activation fee um, because okay. we need to generally do um, some uh, a degree of technical onboarding to make sure that uh, everyone's data is, is, mm -hmm. is good and right and mm -hmm. um, that the different systems can be connected appropriately okay. um, and mm -hmm. consistently. And mm -hmm. so um, the, we've charged an activation fee for each of the data sources that we connect and then a monthly subscription fee. Um, okay. We've also, you know, pr provide discounts for 12 months commit. And um, our, we, we, we sell our, our product um, on sort of a sliding scale, but our, our average monthly 
cost is around the $3,200 per month Australian. Okay. So for our international um, people on the, the listening, that would yeah. be probably what, 2,700? Yeah, USD. USD. Yeah, and it, yeah. Australian dollar, I think, is pretty similar to Canadian dollar. So, so yeah, it's around yeah, those yeah. because my brain works that way. But okay, yeah. um, so like, what size of business would you go after? Because yeah, it's it's kind of um, it can be expensive for for a small business, obviously. So I think you'd go more with like medium size, right? Like say uh, uh, five million revenue and plus per year, correct? Well, historically, we tended to focus um, on exactly between that, like between sort of um, five million and a billion dollar businesses. Okay. Um, so our largest customers are closer to a billion. Um, but what we're starting to do is actually go down market a little bit. And we're focusing mm -hmm. a little bit more on small, medium business. Um, okay. And they do pay a lower ticket price than that average, that average selling price that, we, we, that, that I just mentioned. Mm -hmm. um, and so, you know, our, our lower paying customers are sort of around the sort of $1,500 a month mark, uh, which mm -hmm. would be a thousand, thousand US dollars per month um, for both products, that is. So this is a combined package for our fashion Correct. analytics research plan. And that, is, um, that sounds, like a, it sounds like a big number, but um, as we said, it's really easy to demonstrate to people how yeah. much a huge impact that we have when they're actually buying the right sort of you know, set of sizes and they're marking things down appropriately and they're preventing mm. their inventory from aging. Um, yeah. You know, all of these things, like, yeah. Because what, what, like say Shane, for example, what are their alternative? I'm not sure if it's the best example, but they would have to kind of have a data person, like create that stuff from scratch. Or I guess you have also have competition, but like what would be their alternatives, yeah. you know? Well, this is the thing, as I kind of mentioned at the start, most of them these days really are in Excel and mm -hmm. they don't mm -hmm. usually have analysts doing this Correct. stuff. They have junior merchandise buyers yeah. that have not really got experience in thinking about data and thinking about mm -hmm. um, making sure that things are consistent across the business. So a lot of the time, the e-commerce team will have a different set of numbers as to how things are performing to the marketing team to the mm. merchandise planners and then the mm. buyers will have different numbers and then the mm. of course the the owners will, will have different numbers so um you know it, 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 they generally really struggle to keep them aligned at the moment mm -hmm. um, and so i think we kind of take take that problem away but for during our early phases when we were first selling the product we tried to sell it purely based on the headcount that we saved them and we calculate that for, for our larger businesses that are up around the, you know, seven, uh, probably 700 million US dollar mark, um, mm -hmm. that we could save them up to about eight headcount per year. So that wow. have a team, 120 people, and we could save around, you know, what's that, like 4% of their, their team. Mm -hmm. um, wild. <laughs> Yeah, so it's crazy. If you, if you translate it into, um, you know, number of hours per week and then um, dollars, for a small team, it costs it costs a lot more for them disproportionately yeah. because they they have so much less experience doing it. So yeah, it's it's a huge time sink for them. Just today, I met with one of our customers, and they mm. told us that every Monday, um, for this part of the business that we haven't helped them out with yet, they spend six hours every Monday working on this thing, and we're just about to release a feature in the next couple of months that will bring that that six hours down to about three minutes. 
So well, like, you know, th and that's that's just an area we haven't addressed. So there are other areas that used to cost them, you know, multiple headcount per week. <laughs> mm, mm, that's that's kind of wild. Um, do you integrate with any type of platform, say WordPress, Shopify? Does it even matter or anything goes? Yeah, yeah, it does matter. We originally, um, we, we traditionally have integrated with kind of anything that we could integrate with. Um, we're, we're pretty flexible. So at the moment, we've got something like about 20 different, uh, you know, tools that we integrate with, um, mostly ERPs, but also e-commerce platforms. Um, these days, we're tending to focus more of our attention on the best ones, the ones that are the best at helping customers manage their own data and mm. the ones that are easiest to interact with and reliable. Um, mm. Shopify is the cream of the crop on that front. Um, okay. Big commerce is another one that we've been you know, pretty, pretty keen on, on co collaborating with. Mm -hmm. um, but ERPs tend to be a little bit less friendly. Um, you know, okay. NetSuite's one that we integrate with pretty reliably. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, we're kind of running out of time here. We have like three minutes left. Mm -hmm. I have a, a last question for you. Um, you have a BDR in your team. Um, so what does the, the BDR do to actually outreach to uh, new client does he use LinkedIn does he use calls like how how does he get new leads going in the business yeah we've used a couple of different techniques uh his name's Bill and he tends yeah. to uh, reach out like a lot of LinkedIn a lot of networking um we've got a, a team of domain experts um which okay. is you know, how we continue improving the product to be mm -hmm. highly curated for fashion retail um, and those, they're all kind of in the network. Um, they know quite a lot of people. Um, we've tried using sales agency for lead generation internationally, mm -hmm. and that was unsuccessful. Mm -hmm. um, but I, I, I generally, I, I mostly attribute that down to the approach that they took for generating lead lists, which is mm -hmm. a bit of a problem. Yeah. Um, recently, we've hired uh, another sales team member, and we're about to hire another. Um, we've also increased the size of our marketing team from one to two. So... Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, we're going to continue experimenting with two hundred percent increase. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, did like well, I, I see expenses here. Do you guys are you guys bootstrapped or did you get funding? Do you have any plans to get funding? Yeah, I initially, um, you know, while I, while I was I was working at Amazon Web Services and mm -hmm. working at, on Starlocade sort of on the side of it and um, uh, helped help help pay pay the bills and pay some salaries for a while. Um, mm -hmm. But as soon as we started growing the team, that didn't become possible. So we did we did friends and family round, okay. um, and then we did a pre-seed round late. Mm -hmm. About to go back out to start from again shortly, um, but we've got a business model, so we don't actually need funding, which is a glorious place to be. Oh yeah. Um, oh, yeah. Run, I mean, Australian businesses are quite well renowned for. We're being kind mm. of, you know, very careful with our cash efficiency. So we're kind yep. of proud of that. Um, yep. Yeah, we're at that point where it's worthwhile investing in growth. So we're going to start walking that path. Well, um, yeah, congrats on that because it's a, it's a good place to be. Um, we are out of time right now. It's been pretty cool to, uh, to ask you a bunch of questions on uh, your startup. Really hope the best for Style Arcade. And yeah, thank you, Brent, for, for coming in. No, thanks for your time, Charles. It's a pleasure. Cool. Well, have a great day and I'll keep you posted, okay? Sounds good, my friend. Have a good one. Bye-bye.